0: You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com.
1: Pack. Packers Therapy.
0: It's Packers Therapy. It's Chris and Dave. Following an all-too-close Packers victory over the Lions, 31-24, Packers move to 10 and three on the season. They clinch the NFC North for the 16th time since 1967, and they now hold the top seed in the NFC. So, Dave, I know you have a lot on your mind <laughs> to this game. Do you, do you want to start with your thoughts about the onside kick? Because that you've been you've been Texting me and emailing me on this. Do you want to get that off your chest first or do you want to go someplace else to start? I do.
1: Yeah, no, no. That's a great place. Um, so that on-site kick, the way that's happening is uh, you know, at first I thought because that no one can leave line of scrimmage, I guess they have to line up on the line of scrimmage, right? And that's the big difference. They can't leave until the ball is kicked. But this squib between the five and ten yard line where no one can kind of touch the ball. Um, and I guess either once, you know, either it's going to roll out of bounds and then, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to happen or it goes past 10 yards and either someone's got to be brave enough to jump on it, and hope that they don't get just creamed and drop the ball, get it pulled away or whatever. Um, but it shouldn't, it, I thought for when they first changed the rule, like no one was getting an onside kick, but I'm watching the Packers and the way they're approaching it. And I'm thinking like, this is becoming kind of a 50-50 deal here. I don't, I don't like the way this is happening. The Lions almost got it. And uh, to me, I think, and I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, that the answer to this squib kick that is, you know, between that five and ten yard line, it's spinning and it's moving eight yards, nine yards, is someone grabs it and chucks it out of bounds. Either you bat it out of bounds. I mean, can you kick it out of bounds? Just come in with like a huge, you know, kick and punt that thing out of there or just, you know, pick it up and pitch it. So you're not, you know, have this huge scrum where you're trying to figure out if someone got pulled away. It's just the ball is out of bounds. Now, um, I got a tweet—a tweet. I guess that's what they call it. The kids call it these days. <laughs> from uh, <laughs> Robert Cook, who said, "No, no, you know, the uh, you can't bat a ball out of bounds. That's that's against the rules. That's a penalty." But I looked up the rule, and it looks like that's only near the goal line. Like you can't bat it like in, in and out of the end zone or you can't bat it to another player. You can't bat it forward, you know, to another player. There's, there's a lot of batting around that you can't you're supposed to do, but can you just like kind of take it and flip it, you know, not forward, but behind you. So that it just gets out of there and it's out of bounds. Like, is that possible?
0: Well, I was listening to Gary Ellerson, um, uh, on the, uh, one, uh, one of the post game shows, the, um, uh, the one from Milwaukee, the 1250 post game show, I guess it's the fan, right? Um, he was saying was, well, the way he was saying it implied that you could bat it out of bounds. And because there was, you know, question about, you know, whether uh Big Bob Tunyon should have batted it out of bounds as opposed to, you know, trying to corral it or anything else. So the way he was talking about it, it sounded like that was an acceptable strategy to knock it out of bounds. Now I, I've not, you know, read or seen a definitive rule on that, but to me, if that is within the rules that would be the thing to do is not, try to, is not try to field it, but knock it out of bounds. Well, and certainly don't
1: do what Tunyon did is, is like, get the thing, you know, don't touch it yet. And so he, he jumps out of the way. And if the ball bounces funny, it hits him in the back of the leg. And now it's a free ball. So, so it happened, I mean,
0: um, and what game was that? Was it, was a Cowboys game? It was, it was one of the games where this strategy was unveiled for the first time. And that's exactly what happened is that one of the players uh, for the receiving team, you know, it inadvertently hit him in the back of the leg. And that's how the other team recovered it. And I think they went on a win.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's that's right. And so, you know, they can't touch you within that 10 yards. So Tanyan should be able to gather himself, get in front of that ball, you know, and as soon as he touches, just get enough of, you know, control of it to throw it out of bounds and just be be over with. I just... It's way too close the way this thing is ending up. I mean, an onside should not uh, should be that close. And I don't know if, if everyone starts doing it. I guess if you do it in the middle of the field, it makes it a little bit harder to throw it out of the end zone, but they always kick it to the side. Right. Um, but you might just take, I mean, if someone figures that out and does that and it's legal, it completely takes, I think, the onside kick out of, out of, out of a play that you know that could potentially work. Because so, uh, it was dangerous. Tanyan almost hit it, and then the Detroit guy got it
0: what, the nine and a half yard line? I mean, it was super yeah, close. it was very close. It was very close. I, I think that uh, the guy who um, eventually did get it, it even looked like the half of his one of his, because you still have to have two feet in bounds to control right. it. But I think that um, his second foot, I think, might have been the, the front part of his foot, may have been on the line anyway. Now, it didn't come down to that because I think they decided that um, it hadn't gone 10 yards. In any event, it worked in the Packers' favor. But as interesting as that play has become, I still think that idea of, you know, making making it a fourth and fifteen. You know, yeah. the, 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 the team that that scores retains possession of the ball at a fourth and fifteen, and it's about the same chance as recovering an onside kick. So do you wanna maintain possession by, you know, trying to go for it? Although these days it seems like there's a lot more conversions. On third or fourth and long yardage, the Packers did that a couple times. Um, but that would make it more like a real football play because kickoffs are, you know, not really what they typically do in a football game. The, those plays from scrimmage um, are what we typically think of as, as football, and the um, kickoffs are not. They're something entirely different. So, you know, I. I guess if they're worried about guys getting injured, but they're not worried about him getting injured from scrimmage, apparently. Uh, <laughs> right. If they're worried about him getting injured on the kickoff, then just do away with the kickoff and, and go with that 4th and 15 idea.
1: I like that 4th and 15 idea, but it does feel like 15 yards is not enough to, uh, to make that the same probability of success as an onside kick. I, I don't know, 20, 25, something where, I mean, it's down the field and defense has well, a pretty good chance to knock it down. Make it
0: 26 yards, Dave. I was just say
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> For, I'm, I'm sorry. Every team's is, got their is, own bugger. Is this probably. too
0: soon? It's been 17 years. Is, this too, <laughs> is it too soon to bring this up? Okay. Well, yeah, it
1: still brings, uh, <laughs> makes me mad. There's <laughs> no, no question. But, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think there's a way to combat that. I think the way the Packers are playing it is uh, this idea of let it roll and see if it stays under 10 yards. Uh, that was very, very close. But there are a couple of close, Calls on that game, and and the game itself was was close, and uh, and you call it uncomfortably close or too close. Do you think that's true? I mean, I, do you think the Packers are more than a seven point, you know, better team than than Detroit at this point?
0: I th- I think so. Yeah, uh, y- you know, certainly on offense. I mean, they're the stats bear it out. They're depending on the metric you want to have, they're either the best or second best offensive team, and their defense is. Is not that bad. I mean, the defense is on the cusp of, you know, top ten in in yardage, and then they're in the top half when it comes to points. Um, I think they're a definitely a better team. I think if you look up and down uh, the rosters, you compare the rosters. I think the Packers have better talent, superior talent. I don't think it should have been that close. I know they have trouble at Ford Field. They have for a long time, uh, but there's just there's no way that the game I thought should have been that that close. You look at you know, the the stats even I think would suggest that the the Packers were the better team and they should have they should have won more comfortably. And maybe that's, you know, not a very charitable thing to say for a team that's now, you know, ten and three and you know they're and they're winning their games. But I just it, it just felt closer than it should have been. And it was because of, you know, some of these special teams, things that, that kind of keep the game closer than they ought to be. They gave up a 71-yard kickoff return. I mean, that, that kind of crap just just shouldn't be happening. And I think it's making it a lot closer than it ought to be. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think um, well, first of all,
1: when I listened to the post-game show, you would have thought that they lost yeah. uh, because everyone was negative about it. It was the defense, the special teams, was just one sort of negative thing after the other. And it's just the theme that everyone has is is we're enjoying the moment, but we just feel that as soon as we play a good team, we're going to get beat and the playoffs will be short. Um, I think that's very possible uh, given how the Packers have played this year. When do they give me a lot of confidence? There are times on offense where I have unbelievable confidence in this team. I think they had, they're unstoppable. Rodgers is great. Devonte and Jones are great. And even some of the side players are starting to be really great. The offensive line is, I mean, they're unstoppable. But that happens maybe 75% of the, of the game that they're really, really good. Uh, and maybe it's even less than that. But there are these times when the offense falls asleep that it's not that they can't score. They go three and out like in, in consecutive uh, series, which allows a team to make its way back. The defense, at times, looks okay, but that's probably more like the other way. It's probably maybe twenty percent of the time they look good, and then the other times they look very pedestrian. And then special teams, they look, you know, pretty awful. Uh, and I meant to look at that seventy-one yard return, and I thought there was a player. I don't know if anyone's broken this down or you've read this, but I thought there was a, it was a kickoff. So it wasn't a gunner, but it was someone that was on the right side who engaged their blocker and never made sort of a play on the tackle at all. I want to say it was St. Brown. I don't know for sure, but I felt like, well, there's a problem right there. That guy didn't even try to alter his course. He just sort of engaged a blocker and just stood there. Like, like did nothing. I I have to look at that again. But my point is, you know, that there are a lot of facets of this team that underperform that I think that, yeah, they're winning relatively comfortable against the Bears, against the Eagles, against the Lions, uh, maybe against the Panthers. I don't know much about, about them. But man, you know, I watch, I watch Buffalo play Pittsburgh and I just felt like these, this is a, these are better teams. I mean, they're, they're executing, they're aggressive on defense. They've got lots of talent on offense. Um, you know, we've got Devonte Jones and, and Rogers, and then everyone else is kind of a hope they do hope for the best. I, I, maybe that's way too harsh on a 10 and three team. That's got sole possession in the NFC. then I'm doing the same thing as everybody else, but. I guess I'm not surprised it was close. I just think this team has is very has has high ceilings in, but it has low floors. And I think we're going to have to live through that and hope that we don't get a game where the first quarter is a low floor and they just can't catch back up.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that um, as Packer fans, I think a lot of us um, are suffering from this kind of perception that every every other team is, is better. And yeah we're not as good as we used to be and all that sort of thing. And even when MVS has Mm -hmm. what I thought was a great game, I mean, maybe his, maybe his best game um, that he's had uh, as a Packer. Um, It's like, people are like, oh yeah, but you know, he, he, he he drops those long passes. Um, Yeah. The guy I believe is leading the NFL in average yards per reception. Well, that doesn't matter because you know, he, he still drops too many balls. Well, There was a um, tweet from PackerHistory.com, which I didn't even know was a thing. But our buddy, Big Snake Man, sent this to me. And he, uh, PackerHistory.com notes the following. After 45 games, Jordy Nelson had 100 receptions, 1,268 yards, and six touchdowns. After 45 games, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has 95 receptions. 1636 yards and nine touchdowns. So I mean that that tells you that we think of Jordy Nelson He's better as, than Jordy. <laughs> well, we think of Jordy Nelson as the finished product. And the point of this packerhistory.com was that guys, you know, develop over time. You know, you know, Jordy uh, I think after his 45th game over his next 45 he had like 30 touchdowns. So, you know, he evolved at that point and as far as we know and we don't know this for a fact but MVS you know might be evolving too his his numbers in many ways are better than Jordy's at the same point in their respective careers now i don't know that he's going to be better than Jordy but we know the end of the story for Jordy Nelson we don't know the end of the story for MVS but in our mind this is a guy that can't catch this is a guy you know, who's, um, who's a coach killer. This is a guy who's, you know, Corey Bradford, uh, that's never going to, you know, amount. He's going to be a tease, never going to amount too much. Well, the game that he had, um, I thought was exactly what you want from a number two receiver, six catches, 85 yards. He had a magnificent touchdown reception. I mean, when he went over the back of that guy and made an all hands catch, I mean, that's the kind of thing Jordy Nelson did. I mean, that's the kind of thing the great Packer receivers have done. It's this kind of thing that Devontae does. And that was, I don't know if this was his, if was luck, if it was just the Lions. I don't know what it was, but it was a really good number two caliber receiver game for MVS. But people seem really reluctant to accept the good things. They, they focus on the bad stuff and... They don't seem to appreciate that, my God, we've got a really good kicker. He hit from 57 yards after a stupid pre-snap penalty that put him in that position. They're not, you know, realizing some of the things that we have going for us. Rashawn Gary, I mean, I know he missed some time. He, he's had a bad ankle, and he had to miss some time in this game. Was that what happened? I was going to yeah. ask you. I, yeah. He just yeah. disappeared. Yeah. Right. It, Exactly. But he was playing with an ankle injury. I guess he aggravated it. Um, But, you know, when he was out there, he didn't get to the quarterback this time by bull rushing, which has been his thing. I mean, that's, you know, kind of been his his one trick was to to run guys over to 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 bull rush him. Uh, But instead, what he did this time is he ran around not one, but two guys. He ran around the tight end. He ran he ran around uh, the right tackle and he chased Stafford down. And that's that to me is growth and evolution in that player because he's finding a different way to make an impact. Uh, so they're, you know, they're more than they're more than one trick. I mean, Zadarius, I thought did his Zadarius kinds of things. They got a sack from their safety. Um, you know, this is this is I think a better defense than we give them credit for. The stats bear that out. I still think it's kind of their weak point on the team. But if the offense is going to continue to score 30 points plus a game, their defense should be good enough to win, just not decisively. And that's that's what's tough. And the special teams didn't help out the defense. You know, you hit that long field goal and then right away you come back and give up a 71 yard return. Really? I mean, that's just that kind of crap is going to kill you. Thank God, you know, they didn't have J.K. Scott back as the last line of defense. You know, and yeah. luckily, Mason Crosby, who was probably so high at the time, he was able to, you know, just <laughs> throw his head thin. there. That's right. No, you see, and that's why he probably gets stoned before the game. I, I can't blame him.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought the Jordy Nelson stat because I saw that and I thought, yeah, you know, that. if you would just just say, hey, Dave, guess what? You know, who had better stats at this point, MVS or Jordy? I would say, well, because you're asking, I'm sure it's uh, MVS has better stats. But um, I don't know if I would have said... Well, that just goes to show, you know, look at, you gotta, you gotta be patient with these guys because I think what's totally different in those two situations is that Jordy came on the team when you had a lot of talent. Right. So, yeah. you know, he could take one. He probably wasn't playing as much. He wasn't, right. you know, he was behind Jones and Jennings and driver. Uh, you know, so yep. Yeah, so he had a lot of, you know, ex, so he may have not had the, the numbers, but he might've looked fine. But now someone said, yeah, he dropped some too, which I don't remember, but, that's certainly possible he that fumble, he had growing did he fumble in the
0: Super Bowl, too? I mean, I, I remember he had a couple of great plays in the Super Bowl, and he also had a colossal screw-up, as I recall. I, I have to look back and see. But, you know, he, wasn't, he, he did not come out of the womb fully formed, all right? That, that may be fair. But here's the thing, and you can't have it both ways on this thing. You know,
1: I think what MVS suffers from is that the Packers have wide receiver need. They tell us, nope, we don't. We like the guys we have. And so you're like, fine, well, let me see what these guys that you have. And then you have a guy that goes out and drops the ball half the time. So it's not like, look, he's a fifth round pick. He's your number four or five receiver and he's got to grow. No, you set the whole thing up to make him your number two. You're telling us we don't need anybody else. And then he goes out there and doesn't, and he's not fully formed. So which one do you want? Do you want me to accept that it takes three or four years for guys to develop? Well, if that's true, then don't draft them and and don't or don't put them in situations where he got to deliver. When you're like he's got to play, but you know we don't expect him to do that well for another two or three years. But you know next year, let's say MVS is much better, um, and we are like wow he's really developed. Well, guess what? Aaron Jones has gone from the team, so now you're now you're talking about give AJ Dillon a ch- a chance to develop. So look, if if you need three, if he needs three or four years, then make sure he's got people in front of him that don't need three or four years so that they could do it, deliver it now. I mean, this on-the-job training that he's getting, maybe it'll be wonderful. Maybe he everything that has led up in the past to this moment is going to make MVS the true number two that's going to take us to the Super Bowl. And what a great story, and I guess they learned my lesson. But more likely is he's going to have some ups and downs for the rest of this year, probably – in a playoff game, we're going to be saying what happened to MVS and what a bad drop that was. And but you know, next year you
0: will come. you will be better. No, but you know, James—that's what we're living James, with now. James Jones, you know, was another guy that dropped a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he uh, did. He was, a, right? he was another guy who was ahead of Jordy Nelson at that time. I mean, there's there's always going to be situations like that. And the one thing I would I would say, and I I'm not sure you know what this means or if it refutes your point, but I will say this. Aaron Rodgers is having an MVP caliber season. Don't know that he's going to win the MVP, but after 13 games, um, you know, he's the top-rated passer right in the uh in the NFL and he appears him and Mahomes kind of seem to be neck and neck, all right? Rodgers is passing the ball to somebody and it's not just DeVonte Adams. I mean, there there's more than that. I mean, DeVonte had, you know, seven great catches, you know, in the game uh yesterday. But that means that there were 19 other you know, passes that were caught by other guys. And Rodgers can't have MVP numbers uh, without you know, support, a strong supporting cast around him. He did in 11. He did in 14. And so I'm, I'm just wondering, just throwing it out there, you know that maybe Lazard and Tunyon and MVS and, I don't know, even uh, uh, Mar- Mercedes Lewis, I mean, maybe these guys— are a little better and, and also to the, the running backs, you know, maybe as a group collectively, they're better than we give them credit for because I don't know that Rogers could be as good as he has been without having quality receivers throw the ball to. Yeah. I think that is fair. And I
1: thought the one thing I'll argue against myself in this game is uh, I, I thought for sure that a team eventually is going to come out and say, I don't care about any of these other guys. We're going to stop Devonte Adams from catching the ball. Now he caught a touchdown right away. Um, it looked like he was alone, but then he, I don't know if he caught a ball. There's a point maybe in the first quarter, all the way to like maybe the third or it felt like there was a long period of time where he was not involved in the offense as much as they were going to other guys, you know, as Tunyon, MVS mm-hmm. Lazar. I mean, there was, there's quite a few guys that caught, caught balls and, um, I thought, this is great. If this is really, I stand corrected. If they are able and willing, if you're going to take away Devontae, if you're going to take a safety high and, and lean toward the side of the field that Devonte is on, and that's creating open for other guys, and Rogers is going that way, then you know what? I, I take it back at least they may have at least gone over the hump of what I'd like to see them do because I don't want them to force the ball to Devontae, even though as great as he is. I want him to throw the open guy. And I felt like in this game they did that a little bit with, you know, as many, six targets to MVS, five targets to Tunyon, three to Lazard. Yeah. Um, and then St. Brown, Austin, Lewis, and Aaron Jones all got. And, you know, Aaron Aaron Jones was only had three targets for as much as you'd think if there was other people involved. It really wasn't Aaron Jones. So I will say, yes, you know, these guys had a very good game against Detroit. I'll, I'll say that. I'm not ready to say MVS has arrived. I mean, are you ready to say he's... Yeah, I'm ready to call no, this guy.
0: No, uh, I'm not ready to say that. I mean, their last two games, if I'm not mistaken, was he even targeted the past two games? I think that was one of our betting lines was, you know, how many targets would he get? And then he got zero because uh, he had that, that, uh, that uh, fumble uh, three games ago. Yeah. And, you know, but he was having... Uh, this sounds kind of funny, like, you know. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, what did you think of the play? Uh, mm-hmm. He was he was having a really good game up to that point, as I recall. Now he did, as I recall, he dropped the ball downfield. But you know, the guy is also making some plays, and I'm wondering if we're not seeing a guy that you know he's starting to make plays. Well, he's he's not making all the plays, but he's making some plays. Are we seeing that transition between a guy? who hasn't quite figured it out and a guy who's starting to figure out the one thing I noticed this week. It seemed like a small thing. I'm not a technical expert. You know, I did. I do a lot of reading and listening to stuff, but it looked to me like MVS was starting to catch the ball away from his body and in his hands. Mm-hmm. And that is what the great receivers do. That's what Devonte does. You know, they don't cradle it into their body. And when I think about the last 40 yard bomb, that MVS dropped, it was one where he tried to cradle it and he he didn't get the ball in his hands. In this game, he there were three different times I can think of. One was on the touchdown, but there's a couple plays downfield where he was catching the ball away from his body in his hands. And that to me was a real change from the way the guy was treating the ball in the past. And that and that encouraged me. Now am I saying he's having a breakthrough? And I don't know, but that looked different to me and no. six targets, six receptions, something was happening. And I think he also, besides that touchdown, did he also have a, like a third and 14 that he converted also on a, on a, on a catch and run. I mean, the guys, the guy had a really good overall game. And I, I don't want to discard that because with a young play, and this is third season, correct? Yeah. I think this, is, yeah. yeah this is a, about, about the time you kind of figure out. If you remember Devontae Adams, I mean, I was cashiering him after, you know, his second year. Um, and his third year was the year that he kind of figured it out and became Devontae Adams. And maybe this is the same for MVS. I don't think he has as much talent as Devontae Adams, who I think is kind of a freak. But I think this MVS could be a solid two, three kind of receiver on your team, a guy you can win with. Yeah. I, I mean, if for them to move forward, I think it, it
1: has to be that the, it is encouraging to let him to have him see or see him have a game like this, that uh, he, he can do it. He can have six targets and catch it six times. And like you said, it's the way he caught the ball. Even there were some games where he'd make a catch, but he'd kind of bobble it before yeah. he kind of gathered it in. I mean, these look like and he caught it like his hands look like they were two times the size of an ordinary man's yeah. hands and, yeah. <laughs> you know, just plucked it out of the air and just, you know, held onto it. And like, he's so big that there's no reason the ball is going to slip around, but that's new. I mean, he hasn't shown that uh, all season or all his career with green right. Bay. It's always exactly. been very shaky. So, but you know, can you string a few six, five, six, seven, you know, catch games together so that NBS starts to feel like, I am the man, and I'm supposed to catch it. And then I think the mental part lines up with the physical, and then he actually, you know, plays really well. And that—that's why I was disappointed when we're up. Like, try and feature this guy a little bit so that you get him confidence. But this was encouraging because he actually showed he could do it in a game that was tight and uh, and didn't drop any balls. And and hopefully he's practicing. He's standing taller. He's you know not as nervous, or you know he's not back in his house or apartment or something just kind of going through plays like how like he's starting to fill fill that confidence um I'm not ready for him to be cocky yet I, like no. <laughs> I think you know he caught one first down he's doing the whole first down marker thing and I think dude like get there be there for a little bit longer before you start to to trash talk but he certainly seems like uh, um, like on Twitter when he says stuff and the way they really like this guy he seems like he's the kind of guy that we should be cheering for not you know, hoping that he's not successful and he's got all the tools in the world. I mean, he's tall, he's fast. Um, he's, I want him to be successful. It's just, I just telling you, Chris, as, as long as we've been belief, Packer fans, having a crisis of faith, I am having a crisis of faith. I could it just, it's the NFC championship against Tampa and it's a third and nine, and he drops oh, it, and the I game, know. and that's where it's like I, it's coming. Like I can just see it coming,
0: you know. And then we're all talking about whether we need I, another wide receiver and but, all that. But this, but this is, but this is James Jones. James Jones, that I can still see him dropping that ball in the Super Bowl, and I'm like, this guy, you know. Now, at the end of his career, though, he was a freaking hero to me. You know, he was James when he came back to the Packers. It was, you know, he was terrific and he was a different guy and he was a proven guy. I felt so different about him at the end of his career than I than I did when he had trouble hanging on to the ball his first his first couple of years in Green Bay. And I, you know, guys evolve. Sometimes guys don't. You know, I mean, they, they're Jeff Janice and they don't really, right. you know, yeah. But other times, you know, who they are at the beginning of their career, they're they're not the way you think of them. You know, I, hey, did you think that Donald Driver was going to be, you know, a Packers Hall of Famer and one of the great receivers in team history, the seventh round draft choice out of, out of a small, you know, historically black college? I mean, no, I didn't think that. And it turned out that he was pretty damn good. But you at the time you just don't realize that this seventh round pick is going to be your number one receiver in a couple of years. And I, I, I don't know if that's MVS's story, but it's not, it's not unprecedented that it, it goes that way. You know, he's, he's got some, he's got some tools and he's starting to put them together. It'll be interesting to see how it, how it plays out going forward. Um, do we want a break at this point? I don't know how long have we've been going on here. It's We're hard to say. about 30 minutes. We can probably do a break here. Well, that's good because you know, we have some thanking to do, Dave. People have been giving us money. I mean, like, a- according to PayPal, this is it says USD. And I'm assuming that's not the University of South Dakota. I think that's uh-huh. United States dollars, Dave. I think and, so. it, and we got money from the Adams family. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't from, uh, from, from Tish and Gomez. It was actually from Deb Adams or Deborah, as it says here. And a very generous gift indeed. Uh, the, the Adamses are regular listeners, and they play the betting lines, uh, so thank you, Deb. Uh, I'm assuming that's from both you and your, and, and your husband, so thank you very much for that. And also, Sean Pafile, or maybe that's just pronounced file. I'm not sure, but it's, it's PF. So Sean Pafile uh, also was very kind and uh, went to PayPal and uh, decided to make his Advent gift Sure, he could have given the money to the poor, but no. Instead, he gave it to Chris and Dave. And if you're trying to cleanse yourself, well, no, let me try that again. If you are trying to make a statement this holiday season, I mean, who better to spend your hard-earned money than on a couple of guys you've never met before? That's right. Chris and Dave could really use your cash. Now, it could be from the University of San Diego or University of South Dakota, or it could be U.S. dollars. doesn't matter. We will take it, and we will be grateful to receive it at Paypal.com. Yes, you go to PackersTherapy at Yahoo.com, and you enter in the amount uh, in any denomination of hundreds that you want to give us. That's perfectly fine. And uh, you'll you'll feel good about yourself for at least the next 10 or 15 minutes until your spouse sees uh, the (laughs) receipt come through in the bank account, and then you'll be in some deep shit. But that is your problem, my friend. At that point, we've got the cash and we appreciate it. So PackersTherapyYahoo.com. Go to PayPal and be like Deb Adams and Sean File. Or maybe it's Pafile, I'm not exactly sure. Also, I was reminded this week that there's another way people can give to support this podcast. Um, And that's something called Patreon. Yes, uh, Patreon is a thing that I forgot existed. Uh, But I was reminded by one of our... uh, when one of our listeners, presumably a listener, uh, got in touch with us uh, via Twitter and said, you know, you got this this Patreon. We do. Oh, yeah, I guess we do. So we went there and looked and damned if we don't have it. Um, so, yeah, um, in fact, I, who, it was actually an email from uh, Sean or maybe it's uh, Sian uh, Scanlon. And by the way, folks, when you email us, tell us where you're emailing from. If If it's a penitentiary, that's perfectly fine. Um, you know, it's a it's considered to be uh, an act of Christian charity to to visit those who are incarcerated. So, uh, if you're writing to us, Sean, to remind us that we have a Patreon account, we do very much appreciate that. Uh, and so, we went to our Patreon account and we realized we haven't been thanking people there. People have been going to to Patreon. Um, uh, Jeff Augustine, who I think was a Brewers pitcher, correct? Does he do I the Brewers yes, games? Yeah, his Left hander. Yep. That's, that's just, yep. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Jeremy Babo, which sounds like a fake name to me. It sounds like a porn name, but that's okay, Jeremy. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Scott Nyer, who's been a long time listener to the show, and our friend Patrick, Patrick Keogh from uh, the Green Nation of Ireland. Uh, all of those people went to Patreon, and somehow they did some kind of magic incantation. Whatever it was they did, uh, we wound up with money at Patreon. So we're making a pledge to you. You make a pledge to us We'll make a pledge to you that we'll actually go there once in a while and uh, see the fact that we actually have some people giving money there. And it's a good amount of money. We appreciate that. So thank you so much, uh, Scott, and Jeremy, uh Patrick, Jeff. Uh, we really do appreciate. Uh, can, I, can I yeah. jump in just real quick before we offend?
1: This is your podcast. podcast. Yeah, oh. you're right. Give me a chance, man. Uh, we have two more Patreons. Uh, John from Scotland, uh, John Sturrock, also is a Patreon. One, and, of, our, uh, one of our senior listeners. Yes, yeah, so I think the first emailer for us. I uh, believe he was. And, God uh, is- and uh, our buddy Nick, who's uh, on staff, uh, yeah. somehow <laughs> is uh, such a nice guy that he's a Patreon and uh, gives us the, the use of his hours. So um, we have six Patreon. I think we should get this up to 60. I I think if we all pull together in this hour of need, you know, it's dark days in our nation that you're right. One way to help is, you know, there's Red Cross and there's lots of things you can do. But our Patreon account would do wonders for for at least two people. I know.
0: You're helping. Uh, And you'll be able to hear our joy. Exactly. Exactly. So, really, I want to. So yeah, so so thank you for I'm I, I'm very sorry that I, I omitted two people, but for whatever reason didn't show up on the list that you sent me. So whatever, <laughs> yeah, that was my, well,
1: the picture I took was yeah,
0: whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what it was. Oh, okay, all right. Well, what Just what come. whatever, yeah, yeah. Uh, we appreciate uh, all you guys uh, and women like Deb uh, supporting us via PayPal or via Patreon. Uh, thank you so much. We definitely appreciate that. Right now, Dave. Uh, I'm parched, and I really need to, to go and uh, have a drink and maybe even some water after that drink to wash it down. Uh, so, we're going to come back. There's more to talk about. I've got some observations um, I want to share on the defense as well. Uh, and I know that you have a couple other things that you want to cover too. We're going to come back, huh, cover two, get it? <laughs> this is a football podcast. Uh, we're going to come back, talk about that stuff. Well, the betting lines, uh, we've got some additional emails, and uh, we'll have all that coming up. Uh, with more Packers therapy in the second half, with Chris and Dave taking a break right now. Therapy with Chris and Dave is back, and you know I don't know about you guys, but what we like to do during the break when we're resetting things and wetting the old whistle, Dave and I like to hear each other's confession. <laughs> and uh, you know, well, it's you know, it's it's the kind of thing we do here on Packers Therapy. And uh, Dave, you had a you had a confession to make uh, regarding Patreon that. I think you want to get off your chest here. So, so, so why don't you, why, why, why don't you share with our dozens of listeners, uh, you know, what's going on with that? Well, I guess you're re- referring to my guilt.
1: Is yeah. that?
0: Oh yeah. Guilt? Lots okay. of guilt. Yeah. Oh, guilt. So
1: heavy, I, I, heavy. I have, I feel guilt that I've, we've not been recognizing our, our patrons, you know, for all the time. I mean, there's been some that have been patrons for some time and, um, and then we've just gone week after week of just not mentioning these beautiful souls. So, I think what we will do, and uh, I suppose some freeloaders could get in on this if they hurry up, uh, but what we need to do something special just for the patrons. I think that's how Patreon works. Like, you get access to special content. Uh, the, the problem is, like, we don't have special content. No.
0: Well, we, actually, <laughs> Dave, all of our content is special. <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess in a way. <laughs> uh, it's it's, it's uh, particularly special that we are doing this in the first place, but... So we thought, why don't we tease out that we might do something in addition to our normal podcast for our patron listeners. And I'm sure whatever we come up with is going to be going to be great.
0: Oh, man, it'll be great. It
1: it may be uh, Chris and Dave reading our uh, podcast titles uh, for the last 10
0: years. (laughs) (laughs) And. Reading them in, uh, in probably in Swahili, which will be yeah. very special. Yeah. I think that would, and you just play it, go to sleep. Because I would have to say,
1: what, if, if we stop tomorrow and someone would say, What do you remember the most? Um, it'd probably be the listeners and uh, all the feedback and stuff like that. But oh, yeah. our titles and the joy that we've gotten out of our titles. <laughs> uh, I don't think if you met us in real life, you would match who our personalities are I and hopefully. our jobs to the titles that we're putting on these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just brushing by them, uh, you're missing the point. Uh, but I don't know what. I just turned into a 13-year-old boy whenever I need <laughs> to put a title down. That's and this, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> and this was no different. Anyway, uh, so we, we want to come up with something special. So we'll, we'll think about how to do that. Um, and uh, I'm sure all of the neglectfulness that we've showed our patrons now has disappeared because we're teasing them with the special content. Um, I can't wait. It may be, uh, maybe it's you and I reading a chapter out of Harry Potter. It could be uh, um, watching the 2010 Super Bowl again and playing commentary over it. Who knows? Maybe we should watch the 2014
0: Seattle game. Oh, <laughs> <ugh>. <laughs> no, this is going to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. Mm. Uh, and if, if, you, if, you, if you Patreon and Patreons, pa- if you're somebody who's given to Patreon And I guess it makes you a patron? Yeah. If you're that person, and if you've got, you know, wants and needs and desires, please share them with us, but do so in low tones. Okay. Um, Anyway, please do do that. And getting back to football, I want to talk a little bit about the defense here in this game. And I'm, I'm of a mind that the Packer defense is not great. Okay? Very clear, not great. But I think it's better than a lot of us give it credit for and here's an example they had 11 pressures I know I know it's the Lions but they had 11 pressures they had four sacks and their run defense was stout I mean you know 51 yards they allowed on the ground Mm -hmm. Um, this is is not a great defensive unit but I think it might be good enough for them to have a deep run in the postseason Uh, They've got some talent on that side of the ball. Uh, And again, they've been pretty lucky when it comes to injuries. Uh, I I shouldn't say that because now, of course, we're going to have an onslaught of of injuries on both sides of the ball. But I'm thinking that the defense is... Well, okay, the special teams are flat out bad, okay? But the defense is not as bad. To lump them in with the special teams I don't think is quite fair. I think this group is better... (laughs) than what people say they are, and I think that the stats kind of kind of bear that out. Not a great defense, but a solid one, and a one that I think, given their offense, is probably good enough to win with. Now, what do you think about that, Dave?
1: Yeah, I guess when I'm looking at the players that are starting on this defense, you know, a lot of times when the defense is bad, there'll be guys on the defense that just make me angry. Like, they're just, they're always bad. There was, you know, there was a time when Darren Sharper was just the worst, and um uh Ahmad Carroll and and oh, uh Terrell oh. Buckley. I mean there's been mm. some real stinkers. Um and, and you know, recently just wasn't that I just ha- disliked these guys, it's just you know, I knew they didn't really have a chance. Like who do we throw up against Julio Jones in the NFC championship? Um Darren House is that his name or Devin House? Well, there's yeah. Devin House, but there is uh another guy who is um I can think of his name, but he was definitely a backup guy and he was our number one corner at that point had to hang with Julio Jones but I'm looking at this team now and I think you know Darnell Savage Adrian Amos Kevin King Kenny Clark Dean Lowry now Christian Kirksey he's getting some uh, kind of negative reviews lately but uh, you know Chris Barnes Jair Alexander you've got Zedarius you mentioned uh, they got Martin's good too yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a few guys that I think, you know, Shannon Sullivan, I feel like is. And I was watching Vernon Scott play. Yeah. That dude is a big dude. I mean, yeah. I don't know if he snuck in because of injuries or if they wanted him to play, but I was thinking that, that guy can run it all. He's a
0: big guy. And I think he's playing because Green is hurt. I think that's why yeah, he's okay. getting some time. Yeah. But
1: he wasn't playing early, but he, he right. came in later. So I, I thought maybe they shifted Sullivan out because I saw a lot more of Rudman, and then Scott right. was in there at the end. But anyway, I, I, I feel like there's not a lot of guys I just – I feel like, oh, we just got to get rid of this guy. You know, A.J. Hawk sort of had that at times. And Anyway, but there's a lot of guys here that I think are, are talented. It's just for whatever reason that doesn't sort of pull it together. Although, you know, look at the NFL and think of all the teams that are playing against us and, you know, they're complaining about this guy and that guy. And I would – if I was hearing them, I'd say, like, what are you talking about? There's no defensive guy that you have that's gonna stop Aaron Rodgers and Adams and Jones. So don't get mad at Daryl Roberts or Jamie Collins Sr. <laughs> you know, these guys are playing against the Packers. So I don't know if the if our defense is the same way. Look, you know, Matthew Stafford's pretty good. I don't Lions have, I don't know what kind of what they're rated on offense. But is is this defense look they're they're okay, like they're and maybe with some emotion and have, you know, a lead, as we've talked about, the, this could be a defense that could go from good to great in the playoffs because they're going to get 110% effort then. So it's possible. I did think that. I thought, is this defense maybe not as bad as I think? Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in it. I Part of it, I think, is the lack of aggressive scheme that they run still, although I think it's getting better. I'm not a big – I don't love Preston Smith right now. I, that's one guy I guess I would, I would yeah. pull off. This yep. guy is uh, offsides waiting to happen. I don't know why they're baiting that guy to jump offsides over and over because that's his, that's his move. And, uh, but the rest, I think we've, there's some good players I really like. And then there's guys I think that are just fine.
0: And uh, there's not like guys I, I hate on this defense. Kenny Clark had a good game, I thought. Um, you know, he, he was, I think, more active and uh, aggressive. A lot of his problem this year is he's been double teamed. And they've, you know, worked to neutralize him because who else do they have on that line? I mean, they got Lancaster and they got Lowry. And I know these are both, uh, you know, smart guys who went to Northwestern and will, you know, have a a career as stockbrokers or something after they're done playing. At least Lancaster will. I don't think Lowry's going to have to worry about working. But the point is you could use one other guy on that line so they couldn't double team Kenny Clark all the time. Even with the double teaming uh, this game, I thought he was I thought he was very strong in this game. Um, And (laughs) I didn't like to see the fact that uh, Savage was their top tackler. I think we've always said on the podcast when you have a safety as your top tackler, that's not good. Well, it's even worse when your top two tacklers are both safeties. That usually can't be a good thing. Nonetheless, third is a corner. As, that's where I see Kevin King is. Yeah. So, you know, I, that you'd like to see your linebackers there and they usually are. Um, but you have three defensive backs leading and tackling on the other hand, those guys were making tackles and making plays. So I thought, you know, Savage kind of hit behind Zadarius Smith and got his sack. I thought that was really good. Savage has had a couple of sacks this year. I think he had a safety against the Vikings, right? In the first game of the year, I, th- I think he snuck in for a safety in that game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think they've they've got some players, they've got some talent there, and I think that they are better than a lot of fans are giving them credit for. And a part of the reason is because of their run defense has been porous. It wasn't in this game though. And then they have a I don't know if it's a problem, but you know, they're allowing a lot of long drives. Well, that isn't great. It's not optimal, but on the other hand, if a team has got a, you know, go 14 plays and use up seven and a half minutes on the clock, um, that, that's okay because they're actually hurting themselves because you know when the Packers get the ball back, they have a very good chance that they're going to be scoring or at least holding the ball for a while. I, th- I think I saw where they're over 50% on the year and converting on third down. So they're holding on to the ball a long time. They did in this game too. And so that helps your defense out. So your defense doesn't have to be a, a three and out kind of defense it can be a defense that is going to be complementary to what the offense is doing so I, I i'm kind of reconsidering whether or not this is a is a bad defense and is a problem rather than one that's you know just kind of bland and not great if the offense can be as good as it is i think that the defense as it is is probably good enough for them to win
1: i i i
0: hope that's true i
1: i do th- I want to believe that that's true against a good team. You know, let's throw Kansas city out of there for a second, but just anyone in the NFC Tampa or new Orleans or Los Angeles, I suppose, you know, there's some teams that are going to be good on an offense. Are we good enough? I mean, really it comes back to the beginning of the year. I always thought just, you just need to make a couple stops. I don't care how many touchdowns you give up. You've got to have like three or four stops on a turnover or a punt, maybe just three. Um, yep. yep. I think that's right. I know what, what do they do here? They, uh, lions had touchdown, punt, punt, uh, then touchdown and a half. So the lions punted three times. So, you know, and the Packers one by seven, that's probably about right. Although I was thinking, looking at the Packers chart, I was disappointed with the offense at one point. I thought, here we go again. That sort of middle of the game malaise that the offense goes through, but I'm looking at what they're doing on offense, touchdown, touchdown, then they punted two series in a row, so that's the malaise I'm talking about. Then they come out of the half, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, end of game. I mean, it was—they only punted twice. It was back to back, which put the game from their fourteen-seven with the ball, maybe to take it to a two-two score lead to 14-14 at the half. But I was like frustrated with the offense, and now I'm looking at it, I'm thinking maybe I'm just being way too
0: harsh. Well, so they had the, they had the ball seven times, they scored five. I mean, that's that's pretty good. That's good. Yeah, I I should back off on that criticism a little bit, and but they I have, will say also has had long drives to, which keeps their defense off the field. That's, that's a good defense having a ball control offense. really helps the defense. Well, I will say though,
1: and uh, uh, a sneaky MVP of this game was on the very first series of the second half was that phantom penalty. There's a penalty on, Defensive holding five yards on I think the guy that Devonte Adams burned for the first touchdown. I mean they went punt punt out of the half went three and out, except this penalty shows up out of nowhere. They get the ball and then drive down and score. Uh, if if that wasn't called, then maybe it was a great call. I mean, I, I'm not saying it was a bad call, but let's say the Packers punt. Then you know wh- I wonder how this game turns out. I I thought keeping the ball and then being able to score and get back up on a lead, uh, I thought was, and then the Lions went three and out, and we scored again. And then that's sort of, that's where the game really turned. So I, I I thought, man, that penalty really was critical at that point for us.
0: You know, it, it seems to me that the Packers have gotten a lot of favorable calls. This year. Now, I know there's been some, really some horse bleep kind of officiating uh, that has victimized the Packers at times, but on balance, I think they've come out ahead in the bad call department going in their favor. If they're not playing Seattle, yeah. For some reason, there's snake bit there, and chances are they're going to have to play them in the postseason. So, well, last observation I had, I'm going to go back to the offensive side of the ball, and that's Big Bob Tunyon, and you know, five catches, uh, another touchdown. Uh, you know, is this, is this guy becoming one of the better tight ends in the NFL? It's, it sure seems like it. I, I guess so.
1: I mean, when he, when he see a really good tight end, like Kelsey, I mean, he, they're involved in the offense a lot. I don't think Tunyon is involved in the, I mean, what did he get? He had five catches. Yep. You know, is he, is he Kelsey like, you know, is no. he, no, no. So, but is he but a perfect leads- compliment for this team I, I, right yeah. now? I'd yeah. say yes, absolutely. I mean, he catches everything. And uh, he's sneaky in the, in the red zone. Um, you know, he's he, got to be someone you got to pay attention
0: to. The NFL, right, in, in touchdown receptions by a tight end, he's got nine on the season. And I, I think that's number one in the league. And maybe it's, well, I, I, heard, I heard John Kuhn say something interesting, which, well, by itself, right, there's a, an amazing statement. But he, he mentioned that um, the difference between Kelsey um, and, you know, some of the other tight ends that get, Run, is that you know they're like a first or second option on a num- on a lot more plays, and Big Bob is more like a third option um, on the on the Packers offense because you're looking for Devontae, you know maybe you're looking long to MVS or you're tr- you're trying to get the ball in, in the ru- the running backs hands, and Tunnyan's a guy that Rogers is not looking to early in his progressions, and the reason that you know he's not getting um, a lot of you know, splash kind of plays is because a lot of plays just aren't designed to go to him where, where they are to some of the, these other guys. Now, that might be because he's not as talented. And so you can't expect, you know, to isolate on him and, you know, make, make Keith Jackson out of him. I mean, that's just not going to be the kind of player that he is. But within the Packers offense, within their scheme, you know, I think he's a highly productive player. He's he's sound catching the ball um uh, he's seems to be pretty good in 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 all in all facets uh of the game he's he's become i think one of the better you know tight ends in the league. I don't know you know top five maybe top seven. he's he's become a very good player for them and i yeah I'm not sure we realize it because this is kind of his his breakout season you know he hasn't done a lot to this point, and so I'm not sure that we're really appreciating, you know, how good this guy has become.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's hard to know how much is the offense scheming him open. You know, he's just got he's got to catch the ball, but he's, you know, he's a good blocker. I think there is a couple of uh, tweets showing him kind of manhandling a defensive end, kind of just shoving him into the pile to the ground as he goes out on his route. And, you know, big guy, he, he, you know, it, this is a perfect situation for him. I think they're like the the bulls of the nineties. You you have your Jordan and your Pippin, and you need to have kind of the role players around it. You don't need another Jordan you know, you don't need another, you need someone who can kind of compliment the other great players. And, you know, he's probably going to be open quite a bit as people really focus on Devante. Um, you got to pay attention to Aaron Jones. And if you can catch stuff, that's when you're open, that's, that's what you got to do. And um, so I, I think he's, going to be a really nice player for them is are they set for tight end for the next five to seven years I, I don't know but um he's he's playing great right now
0: yeah that's a in fact that is a set a sentiment that our that our man uh Cian Scanlon or maybe it's Sean uh commented on uh he called him Large Robert which I almost like better than Big Bob but uh, yeah Large Robert is, is 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 playing great and uh so I you know I I would have to I'd have to agree with that. I, but it might be one of those things, too, where um, – I think we mentioned this about somebody else a week or two ago – where he's more valuable to the Packers in their system than he might be to another team. He's not, maybe not the kind of guy that you know would be a free agent and he goes someplace and have the same kind of impact. He, he might be the kind of player that just works in this system, and he's more valuable at Green Bay than he would be if you, you put him on a different team. That's maybe the case yeah. – Hard to say, but you know he was undrafted too. He was one of these guys that, you know, uh, like uh, like Chris Barnes, who's a real contributor, but you know had gone unnoticed in the draft. But the Packers are, you know, getting a lot of mileage out of him.
1: In fact, did Tunyon play for Detroit or Carolina? Was he's
0: draft? He was he
1: was on another team before he picked him up.
0: I I remember that sounds right to me, um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what team that might have been, but. Um, He was undrafted because I did look that up um, and I'm not sure actually how the Packers acquired him. They they may have pulled him off of somebody's practice squad. Now, the one thing, uh, the two other points I had
1: and, you know, defense, I guess Jair Alexander is awesome. um, And that's pretty much it. I thought Amos, you know, had a couple up and down plays and um, I do like the fact that he seems to, He's not perfect, but he's pretty assignment. Sure. Uh, From an offensive side, The Aaron Jones, you know, he had 15 carries the guy when he's running the ball right now and he maybe he's healthy and they're really preserving him for the end um, when he does take the handoff man, he is at full speed and I don't have it's rare to see a running back be that decisive in that uh, for especially with his size, what he's able to do. Uh, I do like me some Jamal Williams every once in a while, but man, the Aaron Jones is so much better. And a lot of running backs, I see it's, it's really remarkable. And we really didn't lean on him that much, 15 carries and only two catches. And I mean, he's a stud, um, but uh, I wanted to mention that. Um, and the last thing I want to mention that I think we should just every, I think is the real MVP of the season is the marriage of Lafleur's quick offense and Rogers now just buying into it. I mean, just yeah. kind of yeah. play after play and drive after drive. The fact that he's, you just, you know, you got guys going out all kinds of routes, but he just flips it to the running back, just flips it to this yep. guy, you know, just yep. move the chains and move this. And this idea that I hadn't actually heard someone say this before. And I thought I never thought about this from reverse is, you know, the Packers are frustrated when they get eight yards, you might as well give them the first down. You know when I said that, and I thought, I don't know if I ever thought that before, but I'm starting to think that way. Now the way this offense is running, if it's second and eight, good luck. I'm second and two yeah. second and three. Uh, you know, you might as well then hope they only go for a four yard rather than down the middle, you know, 40 yards or something, because they're going to convert that play. I guess I, when they said it, it made sense, but I thought, I don't remember thinking that as a fan for a
0: very, very long time. I kind of, I kind of like the way, um, Lafleur stacks these things together. I mean, putting him in constantly good down and distance situations. Uh, you know they don't have a ton of third and longs. They have some, uh, but they tend to stay out of that stuff, and it makes it so much easier to convert and hang on to the ball. Now, when they have been in some long third and longs, they they've been able to convert them too. So, you know, the offense this year um, looks a lot smoother than the operation did last year. And I think the biggest thing is is not Lafleur, but it's Aaron Rodgers. Just seems willing to take. What he has. And that's that awful game manager thing that Rodgers doesn't like, but he's been willing to embrace that. And it's made all the difference. It's made of an MVP candidate. Maybe I'm cherry um, yeah, picking sorry. here.
1: Can yeah. I just mention one thing? So this sure. was the touchdown for the Packers to go up 28 14. I'll just list it where they go first and 10, first and 10, second and two. Then they do a third and three, but then they convert first and 10, second and one, and a first and 10, second and two. First and 10, second and three, then third and one and first and goal. And they score. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there was in that drive, they were never uh, longer than second and three. There were third and three. Uh, they had third down twice. Um, you know, that's the, when that offense is humming like that. That's sort of what's happening. They're getting a good chunk on first down. Big part of it is, I think, Aaron Jones. They're wearing the defense down at that point. That was in the second in the second half. But um you know, Aaron Jones is regularly getting five, six yards or so, and then, then play after that. You, you, the whole thing is open. Play action, run again. You can do whatever really you want to. So um, it is a pretty remarkable offense right now.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, Big Bob, or Large Robert, as Sean has, has, has uh, glossed him, uh, signed by the Lions as an undrafted uh, free agent, a, three, a three-year $1.6 million, but they uh, let him go released before the season began the 2017 season signed to the Packers uh practice squad for the final four games of 2017 so uh the Lions had him and uh let, let him go for the 2017 season was out and the Packers scooped him up so yes you were right about the Lions is, is where he came from but not drafted by the Lions as it turns out uh, okay let me see here I think that Pretty much wraps my observations. Do you have anything else from the from the Lions game, or are we nope. ready to go to betting lines here?
1: I'm ready. I'm ready for betting lines.
0: Let's go to betting lines.
1: All right. So um, I'll just go ahead and spoil it right away. I didn't win this week again. Uh, I think at the <laughs> lowest score. Uh, I think that's been reserved for a, a, a fine doctor know in Norway. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did not win again, and I think my streak of losing is continuing. But we do have a single winner. Uh, got nine correct. That's, oh my uh, God. that's That's quite a bit. That's, that's a good week. But, you but you your say, lines, yes. the average, we should start looking at the average. I think your yeah. lines were easy to beat this week. There are a lot of seven, eights, and nines here. Oh,
0: um,
1: too, bad. too bad. Actually, seven, eights. Rich, oh, oh, I almost gave it away. Somebody uh, <laughs> uh, only got nine. Well, let me go through it. Let me go through it. Okay. You ready? Yeah. We started with uh, Aaron Rodgers' quarterback rating. You set the line at 115. He had 133.6. Well,
0: that's not a terrible line. Come on
1: now. No, I, I think uh, most everyone had the over, but, yeah, oh, it was uh, all right, all right, very, all right. a great line. Um, number two, number of rushing yards allowed. You set the line at 90. Uh, I took the over of that. They had 51, so okay, it's a good call there. I wouldn't have thought uh, that was so easy, and a lot of people got tripped up with that one. Uh, number three, uh, Devontae Adams, total yards, uh, rushing and passing. You set the line. At 105, he had 115. Oh, that's a, that's a brilliant line. Come on, Pretty now. close. Yeah, I like. Uh, number four, how many sacks will Green Bay have on Stafford? You set the line at two and a half. They had four. Okay. All uh, right. Number five, uh, receiving yards for Marvin Jones, you set the line at 85, and he had 48. So I do think that was a little bit of a, of a streak that was broke. Yeah. He yeah. did not have the game that he's had against us in the past, no. which is no. good. Uh, number of three and outs for Green Bay, not including Neil downs. Uh, you set the line at three and a half, and they had three. Okay. Well,
0: that, that, uh, wait, that's not bad. No, they much right? had two.
1: No, I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, I'm I, I had zero. Yeah. They had zero. I I'm right, right. was like, yeah. where did
0: that come from? I was going to say, they only had two punts, right? So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, they had no three and outs. I'm sorry. I, I jumped ahead to this one. Uh, total touches by Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin? Tavon. Tavon.
0: Uh, You uh, set the line at five and a half, and he had three. Okay. Now, uh, wait a second. Now, he had two receptions and only one and one punt return. Yeah, the other one. The fair catches don't count, apparently. Uh, I think that's what we said. I think that's right. All right. right, Okay. Uh,
1: And then seven and a half. Will they show uh, Daryl Bevel in a UW uniform? Um, Well, they talked about it. Now, Mike said yes. I'm trying to think of when that happened. During the game, will they show Darryl Bevel in a UW uniform? Yeah, I,
0: don't, I, I remember them talking about the Rose Bowl, but I don't remember that. But hey, if Mike, if Mike says it happened, it happened. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, Mike, Mike drinks pretty heavily during the game, so it's hard to, you know, maybe he thought he saw old Bev, you know, in 1994 <laughs> playing for him.
1: Well, here's another one. Then seven and uh, three, four, will they show him... Uh, as a Green Bay coach and Mike said, well, uh, that they did that, they did. OK, so Mike said yes to that one. Yeah. Um, and then will they show the coaching tree? Uh, uh, Daryl Bubba came from and the answer was no to, to that one. I thought okay. uh, many people got that one. Right, but um, and then total passing yards for Rogers. You said three nineteen. I said I said three twenty. It was two ninety.
0: Uh, winner this- uh, me, I'm the winner this week. Oh no! Yeah,
1: you are you. Yeah, you always <laughs> win. The uh, winner this week is Richard Durain with nine no! correct. Oh, we man say, in
0: Michigan. Yes, all right. It
1: always rains in the Durain in <laughs> Michigan. What was it? Yeah, on the plane in Michigan. Uh, Richard Durain gets to uh, stay in the Packers Therapy Hotel Casino this week. And what an uh, honor!
0: What an honor for you, Richard.
1: Yeah, it's only getting better and better there, I keep hearing. It's, uh, the, the, more, the more the cases go up, the more the, the hotel just really delivers. I, I, you're going to have a great time there, Richard.
0: Well, what you're going to uh, like is, is that that is one of the, the hubs uh, that they're going to use for distribution of the vaccine. So uh, the, the Vegas lo- location should be doing well. All right. Are you ready
1: for betting lines against Carolina? I was born ready, Dave. All right. Let us start with the old reliable, Aaron Rodgers quarterback rating.
0: Boy, I tell you, this guy. I'm st- I'm starting to believe in him uh, again. Um, boy, 133.6 this past week. I think I said 115 for the line. Um, oh God, I, I it's, it's almost to the point where I'm gonna I gotta got got to be gotta be uh, in three figures for sure. <sighs> yeah do you do yeah, 120? do i, I mean, do see I was um that's exactly you read my mind, I was thinking one twenty this time i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go one seventeen all right, i'm gonna take
1: the under i i, I mean, he's gotta have he could have a good game he have
0: a, he's gotta have a bad game here you know I mean yeah, just yeah. a normal game
1: yeah yeah, that,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: so all right i'll I'll take the under just just because of at some point that's gonna happen, okay. um number two. Uh, total touchdowns when you add them for Devontae Adams and Big Bob Tunyon. Combine t- touchdowns together.
0: Oh, boy. It was two this week. But, you know, Devontae, I think it's eight games now. He, he, you know, passed the Don Hudson uh, mark. So props, Devontae. Yeah. Um, I think Large Robert has got four games in a row. You know, so... You're going to have to believe that each one's going to get at least one. So I'm going to set it at two and a half. Two
1: and a half? All right, I'm going to take the over. My, my lines are probably not lining up. If they threw three touchdowns, then Rogers' quarterback rating is probably well, pretty good. It,
0: it could be MVS it, in Lazar. I mean, there's, he has other targets. He does.
1: Okay. Uh, now, number three, I don't think I've ever done this one before. How many uh, incompletions to MVS? So if I take the targets... So mm-hmm. track completions. I mean, this week was zero. Zero. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like that's. Uh, mm. Let's see. Do you think that can continue? So the number of incompletions targeted to MVS.
0: Now this one is tricky because it assumes like six targets to MVS is a lot. You know, usually he's, it's like four. You know, so hmm. uh, uh, I'm going to set the line at the difference between targets. And receptions at one and a half.
1: One and a half. All right, I'll take the over. All right, number four uh, total yards for Christian McCaffrey, or oh, if he doesn't play Mike Davis uh, instead, since I think he's their number one running back. Uh, is it Mike Davis? Yeah, Mike Davis. So total yards, Christian McCaffrey, and then. Uh, Whatever that line is, we'll apply to a Mike Davis in case he doesn't play, which I look like he's going to play.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Um, but, you know, will he be limited? Will they take any? I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I think this is going to be more of a test this week than, than last week was. And, oh, mm, God. Uh, it's it's, it's a yards and not carries, huh? Mm. It's going with yards. Okay. Uh, and just for one, other, are not, not total as a team, though. Is to want. To just, in other words, just, what will their leading rusher have? Is what it's. What I was you're thinking.
1: At. I was specifically so Mike Davis last week against Denver, rushed for fifty-one yards and uh, received uh, for forty-two. So oh, 90, want, ninety-three.
0: Oh, you want total? Oh, okay. Ah, well, that's different. I, I thought it was, it was just rushing. Oh God. Uh, I, I think does McCaffrey catch out of the backfield much? He must, but I always think. I think he is, does. I, th- I think. I think they I do, a do a lot with him. With him. Yeah, I always think of him as a as a runner, and he's really killed everybody in the past, but but Green Bay as well. Um, I'm gonna put that. Uh, I think he's gonna play. I think he's gonna have an impact. I'm gonna say a uh, hundred twenty.
1: Hundred twenty. All right. I'll take the I'll take the under in. Hmm. Thinking Jeremy. that he will have share, you know, he's going to come back a little bit slower. And
0: yeah, yeah, that makes uh, sense.
1: Uh, 120 is a higher number. than I thought you'd say. All right, number five. How many turnovers will Green Bay commit, and how many sacks will they give up together? So that's another total. Because right, you know, they had in this sacks game sacks plus turnovers. Sacks plus turnovers. This game they had no turnovers, and did they give up a sack? I don't. Nope, he wasn't sacked either. So line was zero this week. What do you think okay. against Carolina?
0: Okay, but here's the deal, though. If they get a turnover on special teams, does that is that part of it, or is it just defensive? Yeah, I turnovers? would I would count that. Yep, that counts. Okay, so special teams plus defensive turnovers plus sacks. sacks. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, let's see here. I I could see them getting a turnover. Um, I could see committing yeah, a turnover. You're, right.
1: This is. These are bad things happening. So this is the Packers.
0: Oh. Oh. I, oh. God. I. I should really pay attention when you talk. All yeah. right. So well, I mean, not. It's, it's. 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 It's the Packers. All right. Well. But you know. I mean. They. they the turnover isn't crazy. Um. And let's see here. Uh. Rogers was zero this week. He's been so quick getting rid of the ball. I know. That's where season, I think You know? set that line up a half. And and do people take the under?
1: Yeah. You know, because I, it's been sacks so infrequently. Yeah.
0: I don't. I don't. I could, see, I could see a couple of sacks, and I could see a turnover. I'm going to say two and a half.
1: Two and a half. All right, I'll take the under. All right. Uh, number six, more math for Mike here. Because um, I heard this stat, that the Packers have more touchdown passes from Rodgers than they have punts. You know that? that?
0: I did not know that. Uh, but that's a great – whoever came up with, it, with that one, that's excellent.
1: I just – you know, I shouldn't believe everything I read, but I, I – be- I can be convinced that that's true. I something like you know he's thrown for 39 touchdowns. They've had 38 punts. I, uh, uh, that's anyway, pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. That is, is a great stat. So my question to you is, if I for this game, if I take the number of punts and subtract the number of touchdown throws, what is that line?
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I think maybe maybe two. Wait, it's going to be a negative number, I think.
1: Do You think so? You'll have more. T- we can go the other way if you want to.
0: Yeah. I, let, let's go the other way. Let's right, go. So um, touchdown yeah. throws minus punts. Okay. Um, I, could, I, I could see three, um, two. Um, so I want to set a line, though, correct? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm not guessing the number. Okay. I'm going to say one and a half.
1: One and a half. So you think there will be one and a half more touchdown throws than punts? Well, you really can't have them. Half. That's what you think. I'll I'll take the under. I I think uh, I think we could get a few more punts this game. Uh, Number seven, I started out there with leading tackler. What do you think?
0: Well, this it was a surprise because we were when we were doing this earlier in the season, it was like, okay, who's going to play middle linebacker? You know, right. It's going to be, you know. Um, But now this past week, though, you had three DBs, which I don't think is. a don't think that's a recipe for success. Just that. But that's just me talking. Um, I got to name a player, right? Not a number name, a player. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back. Um, I think, I think Barnes played well this past week. I think he's going to get more time, uh, cause he was coming back from COVID. So I'm going to think he's going to be their leading tackler.
1: Barnes. Okay.
0: Yep. Yeah. I'm, te- I'm going to go with Amos.
1: I, I think, uh, I think the Packers are going to continue to kind of play, uh, against teams and be tackling down the field and bend don't break kind of stuff. So I think Amos was behind Savage. I'm going to go with Amos this week um, as my pick. So seven and a half. Will they show at any point a highlight from the green Bay Carolina playoff game from 1996? I may have done this line before when we played last time I played Carolina.
0: Because is the only thing I can think of where we have history with Carolina. The only thing I can think of is the Dorsey-Levins. I may have mentioned <laughs> this when he said it before, but the, it's that Dorsey-Levins catch. Yeah, and, the great Heels. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess that was actually technically, what, January of 97. Of yeah, that's probably um, right. Um, but that was at Lambeau, and this game will be at Lambeau, correct? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going yeah. to say yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm going to say yes, to. Yep. And 7 uh, will there be a return of any kind of punt or kickoff return of greater than 45 yards?
0: Um, I'm going to say no.
1: I'm going to say no. All right, I'm going well, I mean to
0: say. You mean against? You mean against the Packers, right? They're against not, the Packers, yeah. yeah. So I'm, another I'm still, I'm still another special
1: teams no. yeah, gaff. No. Uh, I will say I'll say no. And then uh, the tiebreaker is Aaron Jones' total yards. Do you want to throw a number out there?
0: Uh, he a little bit quiet on the pass receptions. Only six yards this time. I'm not sure how they match up there, uh, but he's been, uh, I don't want to say quiet, but, you know, he only had 75 yards this past week. Um, I think he's going to go over 100 combined this time around. So I'll say, um, did, I, did I say 110? No, I said 120 for um, uh, for Trafford. McCaffrey. Right? Yeah, I'm going to go 110 for Jones. All right. I So one twenty-five. I wonder if they just feature him a little bit more.
1: It's could it be a little bit more McCaffrey against Jones? I guess it's not as uh, big deal as last year. They're trading off touchdowns of who was going to be the leader. But um, I think he's more involved this week, so I'll say one hundred twenty-five. All right then. All right. So those are your betting lines this week. Richard will be in the hotel uh, for the week, and hopefully, will survive. And uh, you can take his place as we wheel him out. We can take his
0: place. Well, even we're going to wheel him out on a gurney, which is the great, <laughs> which is kind of de rigueur when it comes to a stay at the Packers Therapy Hotel. It office. is. It's it's one of the perks. It's yes. you you walk in and you're and you and, and, and you're journeyed out. Yeah, that's
1: it. <laughs> so uh, you should play the betting lines with all of our friends, like Mike and Jeff and Sean and Edward and Jared and Jerry and Rusty and. Klaus. Brad and do you remember the uh was it the Bozo?
0: Uh it's right no, it was, show? it was it was romper room where they named yeah. everybody who was watching in the magic wand. Yeah. You know, uh, That's it, yeah. Whatever the week. Exactly. I see Cheryl. Exactly. Scott, I see John. What kind of a pervert thing is that I'm like,
1: Cheryl Holy Balls. Oh man. <laughs> I don't think they said that. No. Uh but join <laughs> with the, these people, the the you have nothing to lose and have really everything to gain by playing uh these betting lines. And all you got to do is just make your picks, one over, two under, you know, just put it all down, put your numbers up, and email Mike Miller, who expertly pulls it together, sends an email out right away, like right after the game. The Mike is, is, he's on it. Yeah. He is. Um, you got to email him, though. You, you, you can't, he doesn't know what you're thinking. You got to communicate with him. Uh, and you do that with an email. And it is his email address, I'm getting there, is mintnowmiller at gmail.com. And I'll spell it, and we'll sing it for you. His email address is
0: M-I-T-N-O-M-I-L-L-E-R at com. Yes, and that also links to our, our, our first email coming up, but... No you
1: go to patreon yes. as well oh,
0: okay. <laughs> nice Ooh, i like that that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a new feature adding that line how many on. people played this past week this there was quite there was quite a few playing yeah, about we had 30 we had 27 people play that's great. I mean, we're, we're getting typically around 30, and in, in a big week, we'll get, what, 35 or so. So this is, this is great. And I'm glad people enjoy this and have fun. Too. We actually have fun uh, coming up with the lines and setting them and things. So anyway, play Mittnumailer uh, Mike, thank you again for doing this for us. We, we very much appreciate it. And I, I did indicate that, yes, uh, this, this did, in fact, come up in an email, um, Jeff, uh, sent us an email, and uh, Jeff is actually, his email line, his front line says, Jeffrey, Jeffrey J. Burke, as a matter of fact. Uh, Jeff uh, wrote to us uh, and led with pop culture, as it turns out. And his first pop culture uh, was uh, Full Metal Jacket. Have you seen Full Metal Jacket, the, the, the yeah, Stanley Cup Co- a film? long
1: time. I can't it, remember watching it. from. I, I know I've seen parts of it, for sure. I think I've seen the Vietnam part. A lot of, a lot of dark and... Oh, lights yeah. in the sky, kind of thing. Yeah. But
0: the, the part I remember is the boot camp part, uh, which, you know, uh, was, is absolutely, uh, you know, gruesome and uh, been a lot of memes that, that go with that. But I, th- I think it's like at, at Paris Island and they're going through, through boot camp and they have a, a kind of a sadistic drill sergeant. The guy hit his own show, I think, on the History Channel later on. Um, the, the guy who, because he, he was a real life drill instructor, as it, as it turned mm. out. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, but what he, what he mentioned was um, there's a platoon of Marines marching and they're singing the Mickey Mouse theme song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> MIT. <laughs> he,
0: he said that they have perhaps a bit more zest than we mm. sing it. <laughs> but, we could pick it up with, with a recovery. little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, ser- we certainly could, especially if we had the drill sergeant. It was name I forget. Um, but he was kind of a pop culture figure, and I, I think they they might have also remixed his, some of his stuff um, into um, into a song in the 90s. Uh, this is my rifle, this is my gun. Yeah, yeah. Any, anyway, um, so that's a good movie if you are looking for. It it is dark, it's challenging, but it's absolutely. Terrific. It's a Stanley Kubrick film, full metal jacket. Uh, I definitely recommend watching that one. So, so Jeff, thanks for mentioning it. Jeff also enjoyed uh, The Queen's Gambit, which I believe Klaus is, uh, wrote to us and told us he watched it. I don't know anybody that um, has has watched it and has not enjoyed it, but that was one that we had uh, mentioned. And um, You were early on that one. Oh, I yeah. Think now, well,
1: now it's like if you haven't watched it or recommended someone watch it, you're like not american. It's it's or something like. I mean everyone is talking about this show and it's really good. It is really good.
0: Yeah, it it's so any, anyway, uh that was a recommendation. He wasn't quite so happy with the undoing. Have you watched the undoing? I did. Yeah, did you finish it? I did not. Uh I haven't started it yet because I've been working my way through a trashy uh telenovela that's on Netflix, uh Dark Desire. Uh, <laughs> It's a Spanish language thing, Uh, it's a Mexican thing, uh, English subtitles, but it's an absolutely just uh, trashy, you know, murder, mystery, romance, infidelity, it's, you know, but we've been watching it and kind of having a a good laugh watching it. I'm not recommending it to anybody, uh, but that's why I haven't seen The Undoing, now Jeff said he gave it a fair chance he was extremely disappointed especially in the ending he's not recommending it Dave Yeah Yeah I th- I think in terms of
1: uh there's no way to discuss this without spoiling it but oh. I would say if it's something that I mean uh, on HBO it's the quality is HBO quality and you got Nicole Kidman playing Nicole Kidman kind of character Yeah Yeah um uh and uh it's it's entertaining, but in terms of what it should have delivered, I I think the ending was kind of there was a point being made about that 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 uh, it's I can't really I don't want to spoil it for someone, but yeah, if you really are picking between this and something else, I, you could easily go with something else.
0: I I I read about it. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but kind of the gist of what I've seen is is the ending was unsatisfying. And there were, there were like articles written about, just, just about the, the ending and why the choices were made and so forth. So I haven't read them. I've just kind of seen the headlines that are out there. Eventually, I'll probably get to that one, even though it's not recommended by Jeff. And Jeff, thank you for being in touch. Next time you write to us, Jeff, tell us where you're writing to us from. And again, we don't care what kind of opium den that you're writing to us from. Nothing to be ashamed of. Perfectly fine. That is where most packer therapy Packers Therapy listeners are writing from is usually from some kind of, you know, drug-infested den. So by all means, tell us that. Now, I have also, I I must admit, I think I may have made a mistake uh, on Sean uh, in his his message. He wasn't the guy who tipped us off. He had mentioned PayPal because he's been a past donor to PayPal, uh, but he did not recommend or did not remind us about Patreon. That that was another writer and I I thought it was, I thought it was Sean. Anyway, he does mention to us, he's writing to us from Tucson, Arizona, um, which I mean, from Phoenix, Arizona, all the way to Tacoma, Philadelphia, Atlanta. So that's not Tucson. I guess it's, it's get back, the Beatles song that mentions Tucson. All right. Anyway, Sean writing to us from Tucson, Arizona, says he grew up in Fenimore, in Southwestern Wisconsin. Mm I've, I've, I've actually been to Fenimore, but I don't know much about it. Anyway, uh, thank you for being in touch. Long email from Sean, so I'm not going to be able to read it all. But he, he did gloss Big Bob Tunyon as large Robert. Props to that, my friend. He also references the Al Harris overtime pick six in the playoffs. Anytime anybody references that, you, sir, are a good man. Uh, so, so thank you for the email. We appreciate it. And um actually some of these reminiscences are are actually uh quite quite good. Um he liked by the way uh Space Force on Netflix. Um Hmm. I know that's that's the Steve Carell. And I actually I thought that was on HBO, but he said it's on Netflix.
1: I think it is Netflix. And I mean we are an office watching family. And I thought this was the office in space. None of us in the family have been interested to try it. It's like the off like for my daughter, and I think this is true with a lot of girls her age or kids. Are, like, they like have the office. That's almost enough. Like they just want to watch that over and over and over. And this idea: how about a new office, like in our space? What? No, I'll just watch, watch it over again. So that's that's where kids are these days.
0: Well, he's got a special message for you, and th- and this is Sean in Tucson. He says uh, that he recalls you mentioning YouTube TV, and you happen to be getting all the games. Well, his workaround is. Get a GPS spoofer app, download it to your phone, and make your phone think you're in Wisconsin so you can get the local games. He says he does this in Tucson by punching in his parents' address in Fenimore, which happens to be – no, just kidding. He didn't give his parents' address. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, He says it's legal. At least he thinks so. But we have a legal team here at uh, Packers Therapy. We can probably look into that for you uh, once we sober them up. Anyway – That's his workaround, Dave. Special uh, tip from uh, Sean, uh, writing to us from Tucson to help you out with your problem. So a GPS spoofer, which actually sounds like it might be something that you go, ooh. (laughs) Oh, it's a GPS spoofer. Uh, that, yeah,
1: that was what I was thinking, but uh, uh, yes, it could be one of the noises that could be made, yeah.
0: Uh, The shocker. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then finally, uh, our friend uh, Logan, uh, who is uh, in all seriousness, is, is, is doing God's work in uh, Denver. Uh, he uh, wrote, uh, and, I, and I think it's a direct message uh, to me, uh, but I think this is okay to read this. There's nothing terribly personal here. But he said, uh, maybe it's the sorry state of the world, uh, but his appreciation for the podcast has grown this season. Hmm. and yeah and how he said, is that
1: possible well i guess well, i suppose I, on a relative basis i got the podcast in the world the world is a lot worse and we've stayed the same worse i guess that makes sense
0: right well you know it's, it's kind of what he's it's it is kind of what he says, <laughs> he, says <laughs> uh, he said uh, i love the self-deprecating shtick you and dave pull when you get a compliment but i gotta say like the person who you mentioned in this week's episode, Packers Therapy is one of my favorite podcasts and some of my favorite media, period. Thanks for hanging in there and delivering something familiar each week when everything else is decidedly not. And that is from our guy, Logan Robertson, writing from Colorado and uh, doing, doing work with the homeless in Colorado. Uh, very good man. I, I I can't recall. I believe a divinity student, as a matter of fact, or was maybe a former divinity student. Logan, thank you for that. Uh, really, I really appreciate that. Uh, I hope you're not mad that I read your direct message on the podcast, but I was, I was really taken by it. Um, is it shtick that we do, Dave? Um, I don't know that it's shtick. I think it's actually, uh, it's actually pretty, pretty true because the podcast is a lark. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I was I actually thought with some of the emails, I was thinking if someone were to say what kind of podcast do you have, I used to say I we do a Packer podcast. But I was and then maybe this is too uh giving us too much credit, but I wanna say maybe it's more accurate because when you think of a Packer podcast, you're thinking of you know Jason Wilde or yeah, you know all these exactly. people. Exactly. Yeah. I was say we maybe we do we do a Packer comedy podcast? <laughs> is that what like we we sort of talk about the packers well, but
0: sort of not or okay. when, when when people ask me when I tell me do a podcast say, what kind of podcast i say a bad one is what <laughs> is, is what i tell them so <laughs> you know i i can't remember people's names i'm guessing and the what was that Yeah, what was that guy when he yeah. yeah this this is the kind of thing and it's always been this way it's a couple of guys love the Packers, have our whole lives. We watch the games and we just talk about them. That's really all this is. And we try to have fun with it because we realize that it's fun to be a sports fan. It's really fun when they win. But, you know, it's fun when they lose because it's an advocation. It's a distraction. You know, one of the things they tell you to do when you're in pain, it's like physical pain. And, you know, there's there's medicine, there's, you know, different kind of relaxation techniques, one of the things they tell you to do when you're in pain is distraction. That is, I know that because I'm about to go through some pain day after tomorrow, you know, I'm, I'm having some surgery. So I, they, they give you all this stuff, you know, to, to help get you ready for the post-operative situation. And one of the techniques is distraction. And i tell you, um, you know, following sports uh, is a distraction, even if it's painful. Uh it's it's a different kind of pain that makes any kind of pain you're having, whether it be physical or emotional pain, uh having a distraction is really valuable. And I think what Logan's saying is this, especially at a time for the last nine or ten months, uh, especially in the US of A, uh, it has been, you know, it's been difficult times. It's been been, been trying times. People have, you know, been forced to live a different life than the one that they knew just a few months prior. Um, So I'm glad that we can provide pain relief in that form to people and that even though we're out here doing this on a lark and, you know, uh, we're not uh, (laughs) not exactly breaking down film. uh, Hopeful that you enjoy it and you hang in there and you like it enough that you play along on the betting lines and you send us pop culture recommendations. Um, I guess maybe we're doing. Uh, a handful of people, some good, and, and and maybe that's all you can really hope for out of life, right? Is to be able to, to, to to do a handful of people some some good, and then you hope that somebody else does a handful of other people some good.
1: Hey, Chris, along the lines of distraction, did you know that the Lions have a guy named John Pinocci? <laughs> I just wanted to remind you of that. I think how, somewhere along how, with the.
0: How do you spell you, that?
1: thing? you mentioned uh, how being do you in spell pain. That? Could you please I was uh, pł- uh, uh, I think it's P- John P-, P it's it's exactly what it sounds it's John
0: Penascini it's P what was last the first five letters were what again I'm sorry Exactly
1: Okay it's it's the so it's spelled
0: and he's a big guy strong tough guy They showed him on the on the on the broadcast he was sitting there with his back to the camera with his name written on the back, yeah, why would and, you do that well i I see you you sent me a spoiler text, and when I saw it i fo- oh that's what you're talking about <laughs>
1: now, his first name is John. do you think that he at some point went by Jack? You could go by Jack you could go by
0: jack i well I think his middle name is Richard <laughs> that's. <laughs> uh, I just thought
1: that's yeah. the kind of podcast yeah, yeah. we have. If someone that's- said what kind of past podcast I have. <laughs> it's a
0: juvenile. I, is we what, talk is about what it is. John that's, <laughs> that's, what, right. that's what we're here for. <laughs> so do you have any pop culture? We, we have had people giving pop culture recommendations, which we appreciate. In fact, Klaus did, too. Klaus was even in touch with some pop yep, culture. Yep. So, he's so, always so, got a few off the beaten path things. I do. He's very good at stuff, though, because he doesn't do mainstream. You know, Klaus is on the leading edge of Norwegian culture. He is. He is. Um, So my
1: recommendation, I watched a movie last night, uh, Dolomite Is My Name. Oh, yes.
0: Have you watched this? I I have not watched it because I've been watching trashy Spanish language things. Yeah. Well,
1: it's one of those. I was like, I want to watch a movie. I don't want to watch kind of a mainstream one. And I know Netflix is coming out with a bunch that they're all – you know, touting as being, you know, in fact, some of the previews of these movies, you think, this is a preview for a movie in a theater? No, it's it's just streaming on Netflix. Well, I kind of went back to see what were Netflix movies that I've missed. And I've always been a Eddie Murphy fan. I, I do like Eddie Murphy. Um, well, good for you. Is, it, I do like Grady Murphy. I, I his set
0: and life lives. I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm proud of you, too.
1: I, uh, yeah, it's not really that bold of a statement to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty uh, popular, and still is. And uh, I heard it was kind of a fun movie. And it's about a guy who um, uh, I can't think of the the time. I'm trying to think what would remind me of a uh, time frame. It's it's I don't know the '50s, '60s, or something. But it's a guy who is convinced that he is a comedian, a singer, a dancer. Like he he wants to be famous and a, a he podcaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, he didn't go that. So it was that. <laughs> There, maybe that's why I liked it so much. I am convinced that I have talent and uh, I'm going to make the world see it. And that's what this guy does is he um, just has such a strong conviction in his own talents that he just, he just will never take no for an answer. And first he starts off as a comedian and doing records and then he goes into a movie. And it's just it was a really fun movie. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, if it was uh, Eddie Murphy – it's that uh, you have, uh, that is the way to scratch it, is uh, Dolomite is
0: my name. Eddie Murphy is a funny guy. There's no doubt about it. I would say his work is a little uneven, but there is some good stuff in there. But, I, see, for me, though, I go way back to, like, 48 Hours, I thought was. You know, uh, was... Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was kind of peak, peak Murphy. And I, I, I like places places. Yeah. Right. He was yep. at the top of his game. Yeah. Oh basically. yeah. Set Night Set live. I thought I think he was good on that. You know, Mr. Mr. Uh, was it Mr. Robertson's neighborhood? Is that how he did that? It wasn't quite Mr. Rogers, but yeah. I think it was Mr. Robinson. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. But Mr. Robinson. That, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I always thought that w- that was pretty good stuff.
1: You know, it's interesting. Cause when you look at like the top 10 SNL of all time, uh, you know, he's, he's usually in the top five and sometimes he's one. And, I think, you know, he was there at a time when it was him and nobody else. I mean, he really carried yeah. it for a while, yeah. and yeah. he was as big as could be uh, for some time. But when I think of all the people that have been in SNL, it's like, wow, is he really? But I think that's probably fair that he's probably a top three, top five all-time SNL cast members, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, that would be a good question. Who, who would you put in your top in your top five? Okay, Eddie Murphy would be one of them, right? I think so. I think, you know, Bill Murray.
1: Yeah. You got Bill sure. Murray Jim Belushi, like do they take um
0: you know, they're you mean, very similar mean, in my mind. I mean John Belushi, I would Did I mean, say Jim? Yeah, but Jim is his brother. Uh, yeah, I know but he I, was on would, it too. I, I would I would, I would yeah. probably go with John though on that one. I think John. So, but, uh, yes. but you know, Aykroyd, Chase, I mean kind of the original cast were Right. Very, very funny. Who, I'm trying to think of the guy who, who got his wife killed him. Uh, who, who, oh, was, well, Phil Hartman. Yeah. yeah. And that, I, I thought uh, Phil Hartman was, was real good. Yeah. He was good.
1: He was there forever. And Chris Farley. you know oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Adam Sandler. Chris
0: Rock. Got to be up um, there. Will Ferrell. Yeah, I forgot. Will Ferrell was on. The, he, he did a, a thing, the, the cheerleader thing, which I thought was yeah. – quite ahead of its time, was... was, was Austin good. Powers. Um, oh, yeah, was, absolutely, yeah. That, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there were some, you know, uh, Dana Carvey, you know, yeah, he, right. probably be a Billy part Crystal. of that. That's right. Billy Crystal had a couple of seasons there. Uh, we're, we're probably forgetting... Well, I actually thought a weekend update with Dennis Miller I thought was actually quite funny. He... <laughs> did
1: you? I, yeah. It, it took me a while to warm up to that. That was... Oh, you know who I didn't? Uh, it wasn't no Dennis Norm Miller McDonald, was. Norm Macdonald? You're thinking that? Have, Norm Macdonald. Norm, Norm McDonald,
0: I hated him at Nor Macdonald is a, is, a, is an acquired taste. There's no doubt about that. Yeah.
1: But his stand up now, when I watch it, or oh, when he's on Conan yeah. O'Brien, like hilarious. No, I can it's watch Norm Macdonald yep. interviews. Yeah, over and over. He's hilarious to me. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. He tells jokes and stuff. In fact, I might watch some Norm
0: Macdonald when
1: I go to bed here. But
0: <laughs> he he had a he always had. He had that reoccurring um, uh, shtick um, where he always tried to uh, work in. Um, oh, oh, man, the um, I'll, it'll, it'll come to me later. We did not, I've obviously, in our, in our pre show <laughs> prep, we didn't talk about what a, what a tease and that his, was yeah. in his, his shtick. I'll, I'll, I'll have to kind of work through that and, and, and think of this, but I'll think of it eventually. But I have actually my own pop culture things I wanted to get, if you don't oh, mind. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go if, ahead. If you your podcast. I'm I'm, I'm actually going to go um, music this time because uh, for whatever reason I was I I'm an Apple Music subscriber largely because my wife subscribes to it and uh, we you know you get the deal if a second person you know so you know for the extra five bucks a month um, and so I was I was listening to it and I came across some things that I hadn't you know heard in a while uh, that I wanted to highlight in their individual tracks. Um, that I really, really liked, and I just thought I would mention them. And they might be gateway drugs or gateway bands uh, if people wanted to check them out. And the three individual tracks I wanted to mention, the first is by a group called Nada Surf, N-A-D-A, and then S-U-R-F. Uh, they've actually had quite a large uh, library of songs. But there's one, um, one song in particular. I think the album is called – it be called Plans, I think – Uh, But the track is called See These Bones. And it is um, the definitive existential song because the bones in question are the bones of people that have passed away. And, And they're speaking to people that are still alive and reminding them that, you know, one day you'll be like us. It's sort of the ashes to ashes and dust to dust sort of thing. But what makes it so... Powerful is the the ending um lines of it um are the uh you know the dead person recalling being young and you know going to the house of the girlfriend and ringing the doorbell and you know that anticipation that that comes from that and um every time I hear that song it kind of you know the old lump in the throat because um you know I think maybe especially for guys you know you've got that thing where you at least from people of my age, you know, the guy was the one who always went over the house and all that kind of thing. And they really capture that moment, but from the, from the posture of, you know, of a, perhaps a spirit who is no longer with us. So anyway, this is a very, very powerful song by Nada Surf called See These Bones. The second one, um, I may have mentioned this at podcast maybe a few years ago, uh, may, maybe not this song, but the group Eels. And it's uh, Mark Oliver Everett is the guy behind EELS. Uh, His father was the physicist that came up with the alternate worlds uh, theory, uh, kind of the parallel universe uh, idea. Uh, Anyway, he didn't follow. uh, His father would be – his father's name was Everett. Uh, I forget his First name, Doctor. Perhaps is his first name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, he he worked for the government and he was a physicist and he was considered, you know, maybe a little out of the mainstream because he he thought of those the parallel universe idea. Huh. His son, though, was not a physicist. His son became a musician and uh, started up the group called Eels. There's a song called Railroad Man that Eels does, and um, highly recommended. Uh, I think it's got an album called "Blinking Lights." I believe is the name of the album, and the song is called "Railroad Man." I check that one out. Or if you've got Apple Music or Spotify, you know, check that one out from Eels. And the last one is one that um, I've um, I've been listening to as I've been doing my hour a day on the stationary bike. And I'm not, a- not able to use the treadmill uh, right now because of the orthopedic issues I'm experiencing. So I'm, I'm, I'm on an hour a day on the stationary bike, and uh, an old public enemy track came up. And uh, I, I mean, I like this. I listened to it three different times in a row. I mean, I, I had to keep play- playing this thing. and it's, it's called Give It Up, and it's one of their – it's not a political, like a lot of public en- enemy stuff – Uh, from, you know, 30 years ago, kind of did have a a political edge to it. And I actually like quite a bit of that. But um, Give It Up is just one of those things that uh, I think is a classic old school rap where there's just, you know, a lot of guys, you know, know, Chuck D is is rapping over the top, but everyone else, you know, Terminator X is there doing his thing and Flavor Flav and it's just, it's a lot of fun. It is a great track. It's a great way to spend five minutes. Give it up uh, by Public Enemy. Actually, I think that one might have come out in like 94 or something like that. So that's my pop culture. Listen to those three tracks on whatever streaming service you subscribe to. Not a Surf, See These Bones, Eels, Railroad Man, and Public Enemy doing Give It Up. So that's what I got for you. Oh. And I can finish off the other thing I was doing, too, if you want, because I thought of it. Go ahead. Uh, the, the Norm MacDonald thing. Oh, he yeah. It's coming back. Um, he always came back to this Germans love David Hasselhoff thing. <laughs> and for some reason, David Hasselhoff became extremely popular in Germany, much like Jerry Lewis being popular in France, yeah. you know, and. I, for some reason, that must have stuck with Norm Macdonald because he always, in the the weekend updates he would do, he was always looking for ways to come back to something about Germany. And the one thing we know is that Germans love David Hasselhoff. You know, so yeah, that was that was his reoccurring thing. Maybe I was the only guy that loved it, but he came back to it, and I just loved it when he went back to it because it was so. Obscure. It was absolutely yeah. great. And I think that's why he was kind of you loved him or you, or you hated him, because that's the kind of comedy that he does. So anyway, I did I did think of it. That's what the joke was.
1: I, I yeah, I would say if you're ever feeling blue, um, just YouTube some Norm Macdonald interviews with Conan O'Brien or David Letterman. He, um, yeah. He's it's great just with Letterman. the
0: he, best. Yeah, he is so good with Letterman. I mean, those two guys um, are on. The same page. <laughs> <There's>, yeah. No. <laughs> but he just, you know, he'll tell,
1: you know, like Uncle Fred jokes or, you know, dad joke kind of things. But the way he tells it, it didn't work for me in the Weekend Update. But in the jokes uh, of a lion and chasing a monkey, I mean, it's the best. It's just, it uh, makes me laugh so hard. So, um,
0: well, yeah, well, that's maybe, good. Well, maybe this joke will make you laugh. And uh, this is one I was uh, with my younger son. Uh, we, we like to um, we run errands together, fully, fully masked, but once a week, the once a week, I'm allowed out, out of the house. Uh, Nick and I you know, go run errands, and uh, we were at Walgreens. That's one of the places I'm allowed to go to you know, pick up the, the, the scripts and other stuff. And he said, um, hey, did you hear the, one, uh, the man who went to see a therapist? He was terribly, terribly depressed. And the therapist says to him, the great clown... Pagliarachi is in town this week. No one can be depressed after seeing The Great Clown's show. You should go and see his show. And the man replies, But doctor, I am Pagliarachi. That's it. (laughs) I don't get it. Well, the guy's depressed, right? And. And, and the therapist t- tells him that he should go see the great clown's show, and he says, "I'm the great clown." See, no one's depressed after seeing the great clown, but the great clown is depressed. You, you, you don't, you don't, you don't get that.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I feel like it's a sad story. It's a
0: joke. It's a joke. Well, you know what. Dave, life is a life is a sad story, Dave. All right, well, life let me is tell a you. sad story. The great <laughs> clown is in town. I need no people to 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 tell me but he's the that, great clown. He's depressed.
1: No, I get the I get what you're saying. I'm not confused <laughs> Dave, on the story. I Dave. I'll tell you. Given that you're having you're having a surgery on on Wednesday, <laughs> and in light of that, I'll give you my my one healthcare joke. Oh, oh good. Um,
0: <laughs> well, I, I bet you at your office there's lots of good health healthcare. Oh jokes. yeah,
1: we have yeah. <laughs> At the expense. Now, um, So a guy goes in to see his doctor and the doctor says, I got some really bad news. He said, what is it? He said, you don't have much time to live. He said, oh my gosh, really? What, how long do I have? He's like, 10. And he said, 10 what? Years? Months? Nine. Eight. <laughs> <seven>. <laughs> and you
0: think mine's depressing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's we don't. We don't need to add another segment to the show of jokes. Although I, I I'll take them. I'll take them.
0: The, um, it's the great clown. No one's depressed after seeing the great clown. But, but, doctor, I am a pagliacci.
1: No, I don't. Is this one of those jokes that you're going to tell like another joke next week and I'll like finish this one up and like it's well, one of this those. This is
0: going to be th- no. This is going to be like Germans love David Hasselhoff. Yes. You know, Chris loves you say it you, say it you say it enough <laughs> and it becomes a thing, and people will laugh at it
1: <laughs> well, all right i'll start i got I got my first now i'll I'll start okay, working okay. it Let's
0: but doctor, can... I'm Baglararacci <laughs> <laughs> oh, all uh, right yeah. well, what was decidedly not depressing uh was the Packer victory over the lions. By just a touchdown, but a victory at Ford Field. We'll take it. Packers go 10-3. and Packers clinch the NFC North. They move into the driver's seat uh, for the top seed in the postseason. And uh, they get another NFC opponent coming up this weekend. Saturday night game. And Dave, you know what we know about Saturday night? It's all right for fighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... Get a little action in. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So there will be a little action, and the action will be at Lambeau Field. Uh, Packers will play the Panthers of Carolina on a Saturday night of all times. So we're going to be back in a week or so. At least I hope I'll be back if let's say crap out on the table. But let's hope that doesn't happen, because the great clown, Paglarashi, will not be happy if that happens. No, <laughs> You'll be even more depressed then. So, Packers play on a Saturday night. Chris I'll tell Dave. that
1: joke at your funeral, Chris. That's, uh, <laughs> That's true. You'll probably, bring, that. you'll
0: probably bring the house down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, it will be my final fuck you to you, Dave, right there. Yes. Everyone in the church will laugh.
1: <laughs> I guess... Chris was on to something. Well, he died too soon.
0: (laughs) Too too bad. He would have loved it, though. Yeah. Uh, Oh, my. Okay. so we're going to be back a week or so from now to talk about what we hope will be a Packers victory over the Carolina Panthers. But until that time, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that is Packers Therapy. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.